superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I have rewritten Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Oh, you have? Take all the fun from the ball game. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Bob Costas. This is not what baseball should be, Bob. I think there's universal agreement that we don't want pitchers dropping trowel in full view of everybody. Today's guests, actor and comedian Eliza Schlesinger, baseball Hall of Famer John Smoltz, plus surprise mystery guests and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this uh, this Thursday in our neighborhood where um, uh, we've had uh, a mystery guest call in. Uh, there are two more to call in, and they're mystery guests because they're calling in to wish me a happy birthday. I turned 52 years of age at uh, 3, I think, 36 Eastern time in the afternoon. Do you guys know exactly what time you were born? 1127. Are you one of those people who know the time of your My mom birth? always reminds me. I think it was around 730 in the evening. Okay. I was in the evening. I have no idea. You have no idea, huh? TJ and I have the same birthday. Yeah. Not in the same year, but we're on the same day. I, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Did I know that? You probably, I mean, at, at this moment, you probably forgot, but at some point. Well, because was it last year? Or t- it was two years ago when we had uh, Dino Babers calling on your birthday? Yeah, yeah that was two, two years, years ago. ago. And then, and then you, went down, the, you this... went down the list of people who weren't calling me for my birthday. Okay, now yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Champion, <laughs> Colleen Wolf, not calling not KJ. KJ. Well, we James can. Slater. And look, I, I, I think I can arrange for Charlie on TV. Uh, for <laughs> anybody uh, that was just been mentioned to call in on your birthday. Ooh, well, the good thing, that. Rich, is you, you, you said it mockingly that none of those people called, and yet they all start following me on Instagram. So I felt like it was a gift. I felt yeah, like I received a gift. So yeah, I was happy. No, I, I, I know, I know, and there, there. I, I think I can. Do better this year is what I'm saying. Oh. I'm making that birthday pledge to do better this year. Oh. All right, well, I have a list. If you certainly for you, <laughs> yeah. no, please provide me with that list. Okay. Uh, the Mack. comedian Eliza Schlesinger will be joining us uh, in about 18 minutes' time. She will be uh, joining us on this program. There's a third hour mystery guest as well before John Smoltz joins us. Uh, we have another mystery guest on the phone line right now. Mystery guest is on the phone line right now. I'm Number not even going to intro Rich. Just just say hello and uh, get the conversation rolling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hello, mystery guest number two here on this busy Thursday on the Rich Eisen Show. Hello. Now, now, Rich, you know I ain't never been no mystery. 
How could I be a mystery? Mm. Goats, goats, are, goats are not mysteries. This Mr. October on the phone line right now? Thank you. Hey. Hey. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it took you that long. <laughs> Come on, Reg. You're you know you're the reason why I love baseball, Reggie Jackson. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, and, and you're the reason why why I watch uh, the, your football show, uh, NFL. I don't know what it's called. But Game day morning. Uh, yes, <laughs> I will call that. That's by the way. You have no idea. By the way, Reggie Jackson is here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. You have no idea, Reggie, when I get a text from you during NFL game day morning, and I tell the guys what you are saying. Um, th- what a tremendous boost it gives everybody on the set. That's a fact. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You you have such a great crew there with. Uh... Uh, Kurt being the straight man, and then the other guys in between uh, um, the coach. Yes, um, and uh, I, kn- I know, I know. Well, I'll tell, I'll yeah. tell, I'll tell Mariucci, and invariably your text is like, "Tell Irv to pipe down and get off of Kurt's back." <laughs> That's usually what your yeah, texts yeah. are like. It's, it's like, like uh, Michael, Dallas stinks. <laughs> Don't. Don't you realize that? Don't you have you woken up to that yet? Wake up, brother! You're still sleeping. Now let's... Live, he must live near Disneyland because he dreams that they're good. <laughs> well, he just he just came on last hour, uh, Reg, and for my birthday, uh, I asked him to give me the gift of him predicting the Cowboys' record game by game, and he said they're going to go thirteen and four this year. Yeah, tell him if he keeps doing that, we're going to have him tested. <laughs> <laughs> now, for a full disclosure, you're you're a Steelers fan, right, Reggie? Correct, yes, sir. Yes, I. Am. Now, what's the, what's the genesis of that again? Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, fan? Franco Harris and I became friends probably fifty. I'm seventy five. Uh, I think I was probably twenty two, twenty four. Uh, and Hank, I'm, I'm three years or three or four years older than Franco, but uh, we've been friends for over 50 years. And uh, so, you know, when he came and played against the Raiders, I, I don't even know how we became friends. I think it was because of this thing called Super Teams <laughs> in 1972 when when we uh, played against each other, you know, the tug of war and all that kind of stuff. It was the Steelers and the A's, and the two t- Steelers and the A's were always in the super teams because we won three years in a row, and they won like four out of six or something. You know, because, again, that's amazing, Reggie, too, and I, I something to bring up here, um, that you were, you know, part of the great A's teams before you were part of the great Yankees teams. What could, Can you walk me through, I've never asked you this, what was it like hitting that light tower in Tiger Stadium, Reggie, oh, in the All-Star uh, game? What was that know, like? I was named as an alternate. Uh, I had 17 home runs. I was hitting 280-something at the time, maybe 45 or 650 RBIs. And Tony Oliva got hurt in Oakland. He was hitting 400. And so he got hurt. I took his place. And I was dressing a Sal Bando and I dressed next to each other. Catfish was on the other side. It was Sal, empty locker, Reggie, empty locker, Catfish. And so I'm getting ready for the All-Star game, packing my bag. And Sal says, Reggie, 
He said, they called me Buck when I was playing. Mm -hmm. Buck, whatever you do, don't embarrass us and strike out. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, he said, because you'll probably be a pinch hitter. So I get to the the All-Star game, and Vida Blue was pitching, and he got hit hard in the first inning. And I pinch hit for Vida in, like, the second inning. And I was saying, God almighty, Earl Weaver, to myself, why don't you save me for a big moment? You're going to get rid of me so early. I don't even count. <laughs> and so, I, I, obviously, I didn't say that, but my ego right. was working on my brain. I, <laughs> yes. I, get to, I get to home plate, and within three pitches, it's a ball and two strikes. And I stepped out of the batter's box, and I just had some brand-new bats made by Adirondack, but Joe Torrey's brother, Joe Torrey was a third baseman for the National League. Mm-hmm. And Joe Torrey's brother, Frank Torrey, uh, was a senior executive at Rawlings, and he took care of some special bats. He made me some special bats that, that day, 35 and a half inches long, and the handle was certain XYZ, but it was 37 and a half ounces. And so I stepped out of the batter's box, and I said, damn Sal says not to strike out. That's what was on my mind. One ball and two strikes. And so I choked up a half an inch, and I haven't choked up. I didn't choke up before that, even in Little League, and I never choked up after that. I choked up one inch or half an inch at that at bat, and bingo, uh, I hit the ball up over the stadium, over the roof, but it hit the, the light stanchion. And I kind of surprised myself because the ball just jumped off the bat. The wind was blown out, um, and I rounded the bases like I was King Kong. I felt so good. <laughs> Willie McCovey was on first base, and um, Ernie Banks was at shortstop, and Torrey was at third, Johnny Bench was catching. And I just really felt so good because all those guys were my idols, and uh I'd done something pretty good. I didn't really know how far the ball went. I didn't, wa- I, you know, I kind of watched it, but I lost sight of it. But you did rounding the bases. You were where it hit the lights, right at Tiger Stadium. Uh, you were- no, I, no, I wasn't. I thought the ball went over the roof. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, because the light, the light tower sat on top of the roof, and and you, I hit the ball yeah. halfway up into the light tower. <sighs> Uh, around the generators, and this, there was a fence there. And so I thought for sure that the ball went over the roof because I'd, I'd hit a ball over the roof there before, you know, down the line. Right. It's, so what did you say, Reg, what did you say to Sal Bando when you saw him again? What did you say to him? Oh, I didn't say anything. It was just, uh, you know, everybody had congratulated me. It's such a great job. And, and I would say that home run since 1971 mm. gets mentioned 50 times a year to me. In, in last, in the, and that's 1971. So you got 29 and 20. Yep, you got almost 60 years when I've heard about it. Damn, Reg. I mean, I never get tired of it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. And out of that story, Reggie, that that I take away from that is that once upon a time it was an embarrassment to strike out. That actually, (laughs) nowadays, man, right? I mean, it is just a totally different ball of wax. Well, I I struck out 2,597 times. And if you take that by 2021, it's about 130 strikeouts a year. 
And I had years with 140, 150, 135, 160. Most I ever struck out was 170 my first year. But from there, I probably, in full seasons, was good for 137 to 140. And now you have leadoff hitters that strike out that much, and you have a promotion in the game. They promote because the analytics decipher that you should swing up. And that's crazy. You need to learn to find the baseball first with the barrel before you start trying to swing up. Mm. That's what people don't understand. You have guys with natural swings that, that wind up with that barrel up over their shoulder. And then there are some guys like Winfield, George Brad, guys that finished with the barrel under their shoulder. But if you see Mantle or Mays or Aaron or the great fly ball hitters, guys that hit home runs, Rodriguez um, and, and McCovey, they all finished with the barrel above the shoulder. And then the guys that, that hit the ball and put it in place so much, like Tony Wynn and, and Carew, they finished it with the barrel below the shoulder. It's not an upswing. you got to learn to find the ball first with the barrel before you start swinging up. It's crazy that they, they teach that. What do you make, Reg, of the uh, checking of the pitchers these days? You know, hat, I think it's, glove. I think, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's crazy. I. I, I don't like it. I. Uh, and and I'm not a. I'm not an against the commissioner guy. Right. Uh, I think they're trying to do the best they can. But what bothers me is when they went back a few years ago, the analytics talked about spin rate. We got the spin rate. We got the spin rate. The same way, um, you, you, you know, when when you take a look at at some of the other things that they talk about in the game that they feel they have figured out. Well, if you put a little pine tar on the ball, your spin rate's going to get better. I mean, and that's old news because in my era, guys would use a little pine tar, put it in the stripe on their pants, or put it inside their belt, uh, you know, where you, you, you put your pants together and your, your belt goes under, you stick your thumb inside and you got it and you can put your take your fingers and get a little bit. And it's almost like was was acknowledged that, okay, it's a cold day here in the spring. Guy's probably using a little pine tar. Okay. But it, as far as what they're doing now, is it cheating? Yes. Um, but, you know, during a time, the pine tar that was an additive for stickum for a better grip, um, it, it was used. But you know, what they're doing now is, is somewhat of an embarrassment. And the problem I have with it is the analytics talk about how they have increased the spin rate. That's my disappointment with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate just seeing pitch. And I was somebody who say, let's get the spider tack, that sort of industrial strength material that building contractors use. Like, let's get that out of the game. Like, but, and now that's leading to, you know, pitchers taking their pants off, you know, like it's just, well, they, they brought, they, they brought it on themselves though. Mm-hmm. They brought it on themselves, but I believe it's what the analytics have done trying to promote spin rates. I need to tell people about spin rates. Go ask Nolan Ryan and Burt Blylevin and Steve Carlton and Bob Gibson, Bobby Gibson about spin rates. <laughs> They'll tell you about spin rates. But it's, it's 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 so sad for me to see them take to see the analytical people take credit for it. Um, 
I, I went to see some of our hitters once in the minor leagues mm-hmm. with the Yankees, and I got back, and the general manager said, how'd it go? I said, great. He said, well, people were concerned about what you were going to tell the hitters. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yes. I said, that makes me sick to my stomach. Embarrassing. I, I, I need to define what I'm going to tell a hitter. Really? And the guy that asked it and said it runs it ran the hitting for the Yankees and never played it down, never touched the ball, never took a snap, couldn't tie a pair of spikes. Never played. What were they what were, what were they afraid of what you'd say to the hitters, Rich? I they? have no idea. Hmm. So I said to to I said to someone at a high level, I said for someone to question me about hitting. When I was in the top five all time of postseason pressure performers. And I said, You want to know what else? Not only was I in the top five, I wasn't number three, four, or five. And somebody asked me a question about hitting. I just kind of laughed and chuckled when I got done saying it. The great Reggie Jackson, Baseball Hall of Famer, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Reg, last one, if you'll indulge me here. This is when I said at the top that you're the reason why I started loving baseball. You know, the year before you came in 76, the Yankees got swept by the big red machine and, you know, Chambliss going yard and making the World Series definitely got my attention. But you you had me at hello and the reason why I fell in love with the sport. Can you tell me about the night of October 18th, 1977, the, the game in which you wrapped up the World Series essentially yourself with three swings and three home runs? what your mindset was arriving in the old Yankee stadium that night? You know, when I went to the ballpark that day, I knew it was game six and I never really liked to play. I was in game couple game fives with Oakland game sevens with Oakland. Uh, I never liked the game to go to the seventh game or the fifth game or mm. the finals, because then you'd leave the chance of an umpire missing a call, a bad bounce, somebody having a fluke good day. Um, and uh, so I always worked hardest in the sixth game of something when you had a seven. Um, I didn't want to lose control. And so when I went to the ballpark, I had this unbelievable batting practice. I always hit last. You know, when the two field teams came on the field, the stadium was full in the World Series, and I hit the last five minutes. And I probably hit took 50 swings and hit 40 balls in the seats within a 50-feet radius in right center. When I walked out of the batting cage, and it was three, four deep with crowd around the media, around the cage, I got a standing ovation from the crowd. And I said to uh, Dave Anderson, the great sports writer with the Times, and um, Dick Young, Mm -hmm. the the great writer. Post. Jim Murray from the Los Angeles Times. I said to both three of them, they were watching. They said, boy, Reggie, what an exhibition. I said, yeah, I hope I didn't leave it here. Mm-hmm. You did not. I hope, I, I hope it's there <laughs> later. And uh, sure enough, it was there. And I tell you, on the last home run, um, uh, I was sitting in the on-deck circle, and I saw them go to the mound and bring in Charlie Huff. Right, knuckleballer. And I looked. I looked around the stadium, and in my career, I probably already had 15 homers off knuckleballers. Wilbur Wood, uh, 
the, the Negro, um, Hoyt Wilhelm, Eddie Fisher, Steve Hargan. I had a million, a hell of a lot of homers. And I looked around and I said, they must not know. They must not know I hit knuckleball. And the first pitch he threw, man, I hit that ball 500 feet. <laughs> I wanted to swing and get out of there before they found out. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, uh, uh, I was um, uh, eight years old that night. And if you had told that eight-year-old that uh, a day I would turn 52, I'd have a TV radio show with my name on it, and Reggie Jackson would call in to wish me happy birthday, I would have cried. I'm not lying, man. Um, so this is, as always, the greatest. You, sir, are... I, can, uh, I consider you my friend. And right back at you. And so does my wife, Susie, uh, adores you, Reg, and this means the world. It really does. Thank you so much. Yes, y- yes. Susie Slusher? Susie Schuster. Schuster, That's yeah. You right. married her. I knew her before you married her. I know that, Reg. And, yeah. she, and she knew, and she, she lorded that over my head. Yeah, your childhood <laughs> idols and I are tight. I'm like, okay, good to know. And now the fact that I get to call you friend as well. Happy 75th to you, belatedly, Reg. Thank you so much. Happy 52nd to you. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Let's and say hello to, to, you, to your wife, Susie. I will do that. Thanks again, Reg. You're the best. Okay, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Reginald Martinez Jackson. Greatest nickname in sports? Mr. October. Ah, it's got to be, right? It's, it's up close. there. It's got to be. Though. Right? I mean, Mr. October. It's like him and Wayne Gretzky for me. Great one. The great oh, one's great. Yeah. I mean, maybe God. with the, the absolute quote of the day so far, though. Which I is- was in the top five. And I wasn't three, four, or five. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, He's the straw that stirs the drink. Yes. I was trying to quote that on Twitter. I'm like, I didn't make sure I got that right. Do they not know I hit knuckleballers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just watched that. I just watched the three home runs. Just me. But he didn't take way. a pitch. It was all no yeah. first pitch I each know, time, which yeah. is nuts. And those didn't, those didn't just barely clear the the fence no. either. If like, I'm not mistaken, the other two were were they Don Sutton and Elia Sosa? If I'm not mistaken, oh, was yeah. it Huff, Elia Sosa, and it might have been Sutton? I don't know. The one know. that goes in the stands, the kids chase is my always my favorite. Well, the, the last one was the last, in the, was in the hitters in the, in that, in the hitters uh, eye, the uh, the the yeah. black area. Yeah, where, yeah, that's so Sutton was the that's first my one. Right, Elia Sosa was the was the reliever in the middle, and uh, and then the last one was Charlie Huff, where he hit it 500 feet. He said, right. Yeah. <sighs> Dead center, just I mean, crushed. I Everyone running forget. over the, the, running the covered, kids, yeah. the covered bleacher and, seats. And, uh. and the reason why I know that, I'm going to date myself one more time. Screw it, I'm 52. Everyone knows <laughs> um, that uh, there was an album. Okay, not a 45. Uh, uh, what a six seventy six? No, 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 no. There was a the 33 and a 45 and 78. The, the 78. 78. There was a 78 size album of the Yankees season that they gave away I, at like Crazy have, Eddie or that, whatever yeah, the heck we it was. That when we were kids. All right, that oh, coming off of the 77 season, the A side was the regular season, the B side was the, the was the playoffs. Yep. And they would And talk. I listened to that over yep. and over and over again on my record player in my bedroom. That is a childhood memory of mine, and I'm not lying. If somebody walked up to me, hey, you're going to have your own, like literally that's what I was dreaming of. I was dreaming of listening to Marv and, as I said the other day, Howard Cosell and Jerry Gerard of local TV. I was dreaming of doing something like this and say, hey, Reggie's going to call and wish you happy birthday. Come on. 
So amazing, Rich. You know, I know Ben Nygaard of uh, of our booking team here at the Rich Eisen Show got that done. So Whew. I appreciate that, Ben. That's a great birthday gift. And there's one more to come still, too. Right? Yeah. One more to come. All right, we'll take a break. And I know the next guest is about to call in, Eliza Schlesinger. She's got uh, a new film on Netflix called Good on Paper. She wrote it. She produced it. She's acting in it. The very funny Eliza Schlesinger when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Where did Stefan come from? Did that, uh, was that, that came from, uh, two things. John Mulaney wrote that with me and John, I deserve a lot of credit for Stefan because mm-hmm. he wrote so much of the rhythm of that and the, and the specifics of it. And clearly I found it funny. Because uh, I laughed every time uh, we did it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we ever did it where I didn't laugh. John will put in different things, or he'll tell me as I'm walking out, and it's just like throwing stuff at me. And when I hosted last, John came out as yeah. Shy, his lawyer, who's also a piss artist. Yeah. And um, and he came in, and, he, and this is all John. And John whispered, it, and he comes out, and and he. I thought he was gonna do it kind of like in the Stefan voice, like, hey, Stefan, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he goes, hello, Stefan. <laughs> he talked in a very normal voice. And he goes, hello, Stefan. Hello, everyone. And he kind of talked in this real official voice. And I started laughing. And then he whispered in my ear. He goes, oh, I have something to tell you. And he just whispers in my ear, my girlfriend works at Yoshinoa Beef Ball. <laughs> and, there you go. and I just started laughing just to like... It's just punching me in the face. He's like, hey, by the way, my girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, if you watch it, I'm like, what? I'll tell you, I know you're not supposed to laugh at this stuff and break in the middle of a scene, but that's oh, just I broke amazing. every time. You yeah, did? the first time was we had a club promoter named Amnesia Bernstein, and it didn't really get anything. And then he goes, Amnesia Bernstein didn't really get anything. And he goes, I'll change it to something else. And then as I was walking out, he goes, oh, I changed Amnesia Bernstein to Gay Leota. (laughs) (laughs) And I started laughing. So the minute I roll out, I'm like, Gay Leota. All right, the other one was, uh, sorry, the other one that made me laugh was he said, he'll change a little things. We had had written a, uh, uh, also at the club was, a two-year-old ultimate fighter, Julie Lips Jackson. He's got fists like empanadas, and he's addicted to ecstasy. That's what we wrote. And then he wrote, so it was like two-year-old, uh, two-year-old, two-year-old ultimate fighter, Julie Lips Jackson. Uh, he's got fists like imp- he's got fists like empanadas, and they turn the cue card. <laughs> it said, "He's my best friend." <laughs> 
<laughs> so when he turns the car and says, and he's my best friend, that oh I lost oh it. Oh, my God. I was like, Sean. Oh, I am laughing and, so hard. And behind the cue card is past him. I can oh. see him and Sandberg up against the wall just like <laughs> watching me laughing. Like, just do this, dude. How about them apples right there? Back in the day, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show is how you can keep up to speed with this show if you missed anything. What a great chat with Reggie Jackson. Um, is our next guest on the phone line right now, Chris Brockman? Yes, she is. She wrote and stars in the new film Good on Paper, which is available right now on Netflix. One of the funnier comedians in the world. She is Eliza Schlesinger, back on tour, joining us from the state of Alabama, where she's back on tour in the Back in Action Tour. And joining us right here on the Rich Eisen Show, Eliza Schlesinger. How are you? Oh, man, it is warm here. Okay. I'm great. (laughs) In that order. In that order. It's... Well, yeah, weather first, physical comfort first, but mentally I'm doing great. Okay. And then what's the traffic like if we want to do traffic and weather together? Uh, it's right Alabama. Here. What's traffic? <laughs> Ladies there's and gentlemen. There's a truck, but it seems broken down. Uh, a lot of cupcake shops. We're doing okay. Back in action. Let's talk about your tour. I mean, um, what in the world was it like for somebody who I imagine loves the human contact of a give and take and being in front of a live audience? What in the world was it like the last year and a half for you? Was that you know, like? it's, we all kind of, we all kind of got it uh, this last year. Right. I, I did a, uh, I called it a comedy tailgate tour around October, you know, just wanted to do a show, wanted to perform. So people came out. And they tailgated and they watched the show. You know, we set them up in a field. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. A little dystopian, a little weird, but it was still better than nothing. And then, you know, it was one of those things where we'd gone so long without it. Even having outdoor shows, it's still like I was like, I'll take it. And it just became normal. And so now to get back out there and be invited back indoors and I don't feel like a barn animal (laughs) is really nice. That is good. Not being a barn animal, I think I would agree, is something that uh, that that is what, I guess that's the goal every day when you wake that's up. That's the goal, to not feel like a barn animal. I agree. <laughs> so how did you get into stand-up? How, walk me through how you realized, you know what, I, I, I like making people laugh and I want to give this a whirl. What oh, man, like? I had that realization about a year ago. <laughs> and I was just like, I think this is, no. <laughs> I'm going to make a job out of this. You know, nobody wants to hear this story. It's so boring. It's not true. You wound, up on, true. you wound up on TV and you won a contest and now look at you. Even, even You've got to be kidding me. No, but, you know, these last couple of years have really, you know, getting the, op- stand-up is everybody wants to be a stand-up or a rapper or a, an athlete. Okay. And uh, to actually create a career at this, you know, takes a billion hours and, going out and doing these tiny shows and all places. And it really, you know, you cobble together an experience. And um, I'm fortunate to get to do shows for the USO. I love entertaining our troops. I love doing comedy in weird places. I think it makes you a better comic. And the Netflix specials have been a great tool for, you know, traveling all over the world. But at the end of the day, I just love the craft of it. And I love, I love unearthing uh, all the weird things that make our society go round. So that's my real passion. All right, Eliza Schlesinger, what do you want to talk about? I'll give you the floor. What do you want? What do you want me to ask you? How does that all sound? All right, look. Yeah. It's not about the straws. It's about the emissions, and it's about our consumption of meat. No, we can talk about the movie. <laughs> we can talk about anything that's on the talking points, Rich. Okay, talking points. Let me see about these <laughs> talking points right here. Other than the movie. Uh, okay, so what's your biggest pet peeve then? 
What's that? Oh, man. What's that? Well, give me a category. Okay. Uh, air, planes with people. Planes. Yes, planes. Uh, what, what's your take on, on the armrest? If you're sitting there in the middle of a, of a, of in the middle seat, do you get both armrests, Eliza Slesher? Tell you what, don't be caught in the middle. That's rule number one. Okay. Rule number two, if you're in the middle, you get the armrest because you don't have the aisle. Not that it's that much more foot room, but you don't have the solace of the window. Uh, my biggest pet peeve is when I get on a plane and I say good morning to the flight attendant and mm-hmm. they don't say it back because I know they've already like gone to Nashville and back three times that morning and they hate everyone, mm-hmm. but makes me feel really bad about myself. Well, so it's hi. not about you realize it's not about you. It's about, it's about their day. Right. And you're trying, you're, but I think that's nice. You're trying to brighten their day. Eliza. I'm trying. That- it's just, if you want to know what our society will be like in a post-apocalyptic situation, yes. go to an airport. It's, People just, it's almost like a comedy club. Like, people lose all sense of decorum. It was like everybody was raised by a wolf. And people, <laughs> I, I've seen people actually eat other people to get onto a plane first. <laughs> no, that was just a Sbarro, I think. <laughs> I think you're just mistaking it, you know, for the old, I don't know, and uh, what uh, one of the pretzel places that normally are. I think people Wetzel have just... People have just forgotten. Yes, exactly. One of those. But people have just forgotten how to behave. I mean, we're seeing it in sporting events right now, where people have forgotten how to actually be around other people. It's you know, we, we have Rich, forgotten. Did that. they ever know? Did they? If you're the kind of person who would knock out like a pregnant woman to catch a foul ball, were you ever like a leader of manners? Were you ever doing the right thing? No, that's true. You're right. That stuff did happen pre-pandemic, where I yeah, yeah. yeah like just ripping ripping the ball out of a kid's hand just so they could celebrate it. I know. I've seen think, that, too. Oh, yeah. I think uh, people are very excited to get back to, although it depends on where you go. You know, I just did a string of shows in Orange County, and yes. I was like, I live in Hollywood. It's so great to be able to go out, and, and they're all thinking, like, we've been out. We've been part of the problem. So, whatever. <laughs> Like, where are you from? Yeah, just literally 40 minutes up the road, you know, with no traffic. Literally 40 minutes, the road gets very blue, and that's where I live, right up there. Eliza Schlesinger here on the Rich Eisen Show. Good on paper. Is that based on something true that happened to you? What do you got for me on this one? It is. Okay. It's a a movie that I wrote. I'd say this movie is two-thirds true. We're calling it a mostly true story for legal reasons, based on a lie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it is about uh, a guy that I met on a plane. Okay. Um, and we became friends. Okay. And we were friends for about a year. And I'd say we dated eventually for like three months. And I found out every single thing he had told me about himself was a lie. <laughs> and before people get all weird and judgy, these weren't things like, I'm a billionaire and I have a fleet of yachts. These were like very basic get to know you questions, like what you do, where you're from, who you are. And uh, this movie is about, it's, we're calling it a rom-con. Um, rom-con. It's about like a, yeah, like a meet cute, you meet a guy, and then it's about like something doesn't seem right and uh, trusting those instincts. And then in the end, it's a bit of a once upon a time in Hollywood, weird, brutal ending that I made up. But I think, <laughs> does it involve think, a blowtorch? Is that what you're saying? It involves a blowtorch? It actually does involve a blowtorch, <laughs> a tiny one, because I'm a girl. Uh, there's a tiny bit of revenge fantasy for the fun of it, but it's all very grounded. I asked myself, okay. if you tried to kidnap a grown man, would it go well? And the answer is no. It'd be very hard. Okay. You're, your last name Schlesinger, not Tarantino, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. So uh, does this gentleman who strolls the planet know that this film is out about him? I, from the bottom of my heart, mm-hmm. I don't know, and I, I deeply don't care. Because... <laughs> 
<laughs> You've moved you know, on. Right. You've moved on. This happened in like 2015. I wrote it. Takes years to get a movie made. Yes. I've been married for three years. Yeah. What if I was married to him? That'd be hilarious. That but, would be. Uh, <laughs> it was just um. That's a real twist ending. It was yes. something at the time was like a super cathartic thing to write, but it really became about the film and the comedy and the art of it. And uh, don't care if he sees it. Don't care where this person is. Don't even think I wish him well or ill. I just wish nothing. <laughs> just don't want to think about him. <laughs> ever well, but you did this whole film about him. And so, you know, uh, you're not even like a, wishing a little bit that he, there's a GoPro like on the top of, you know, his television set as he flips on Netflix to watch good on paper when it's technically. No, okay. Because then I think I'd have to reconcile with how genuinely unattractive this person was who I did date. And uh, I think. The movie becomes about your main character. It's about him as a vehicle for comedy um, and making a point. You know, I think it's so easy when a girl does something to be like, well, it's about men. And it's, it's really, in the end, about her and the comedy and a really good cast and giving actors something funny to do. Yeah, Margaret Cho, Ryan Hansen, Rebecca Rittenhouse, some very funny people that you got involved here that are in this film. And so were you in the middle seat when you met him on the plane? Eliza, just to bring uh, you know, it was first class, and so there was no middle seat. Okay, um, there was a window seat, and if I remember this correctly, I got on the plane, slept for like the first three hours, then I got up, put on makeup because my boyfriend was picking me up to get ready, and it was only then that he talked to me. Granted, I was awake, uh, but yeah. had I not gotten up <laughs> to put on some makeup, I think it would have been a different story. Well, that middle seat reference was basically my attempt at a callback, to use a, a comedy term. Um, you know, that, So I guess the, the callback would be, had we had a middle seat, perhaps I never would have met him at all. Well, he would have maybe shown his true colors with the middle seat, because I do believe that people show their true colors over just the basic courtesies on things like that. You know, uh, I I really do like the, like if somebody takes their shoes off on a plane, that's got to be the end of it, end of the conversation oh my God. on the spot. What it, if what if what if you have a dad who takes his shoes off in restaurants? What do we think about that? Oh boy, are we? Uh, they were already Skechers sliders, so they came right off. It wasn't like a lace up boot situation. So what do you what do you say would, to dear old dad? What happens then? What do you do? Put your shoes on. We're in public. <laughs> put your shoes on. This is disgusting. I'd imagine so. Oh gosh, yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's a non-starter. But you know, I guess family's family. You can't do anything about that. Uh, you can't be my dad if you take your shoes <laughs> off in restaurants. You hear that, America? Back in action tour, uh, Eliza Schlesinger in Alabama on uh, today and tomorrow. Irvine, you're back here in Southern California, and more dates right, and info can be found at Eliza dot com. Uh, I, I appreciate the time. Congrats on the film. Let's let's talk Thanks, again. Rich. I'd love to have you in person in studio. I, I appreciate, uh, you know, I, want, I like your, your, your Netflix specials, and I, I look forward to seeing more from you, and I'd love to have uh, more of a conversation in the future. You guys heard it. It was an invite. I'll be there. If you invite me, I'm coming. I'd so saw, uh, I'll see you soon. That's absolutely great. You can have both, uh, awesome. both rests of, of the armchair here because there's only one. Eliza Slenger here on the Rich Eisen Show. You bet. At Eliza on Twitter and at Eliza's on Instagram right here on the show. Funny stuff, fun stuff with Eliza Schlesinger. Let's take a break here. Are you ready to talk to a 12-year-old, soon-to-be 13-year-old in bar mitzvah boy uh, about, about uh, a TikTok, TJ let's, Jefferson? Let's do this. All right, I do believe my son Xander's about to call him the show and try and get our new TikTok page up and running. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Mike Del Tufo is standing at a microphone that's uh, about, I'd say, 20 feet away. Yep. Looking right at Mr. Wonderful of Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank. Go for it, Mike Del Tufo. What happens if, like, something happens to me and 2,500 miles away, my family's there and they don't know, I could be sitting in the apartment alone, dead for days. So I came up with an idea for an app called Just In Case that would be basically you download it and you could check in with this app and other people could see that A, you're alive still. You could basically be tracked with it. And in theory, basically, it would keep you, you know, people knowing what's happening to you. Just to get the whole story yeah. before I completely eviscerate you. Go ahead. How, how, how would you make money doing this? You Subscription per, per month. Well, people are going to pay per month. 99 cents per month. Very cheap. $12 a year. <laughs> okay, so here's a scenario. Yep. Like you're in your apartment. You die. Don't you think the neighbors are going to smell your rotting corpse? <laughs> oh, no. There was actually a person in Santa Monica that sat for eight days, two buildings down from me, before people knew that that person was dead. That's the worst idea. I, it, not only does this have zero merit, I mean, the chance that people actually want to contemplate their mortality and pay 99 cents a month doing it is crazy. Think about it. If, you, if, you're, if your mom calls you for two days and doesn't get an answer, she's probably going to call the super and say, go check on his corpse. Like, think about it. They don't need 99 cents a but month for that. But in theory, wouldn't you want, would, if it's something you don't have to do, Mike, other people can check in? you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> like, who cares? But just in case. No, I won't care. There'll be a new guy. How does the app there know are, you're dead? The app doesn't know you're dead. You what have to tell is, it you're not the dead. The app would tell not you dead yet. that you're not checking in. Every time you unlock your phone, it would ping, and you put people on a list that know that if, like, your, your mother is in Florida. She could be sitting in the house. You know that at least she's checked in on her phone. If you're their kid, you don't have to talk to him on the phone. You don't have to call him. And if it's a kid, what? you know the kid. Well, if you think you're, if you're, if you're worried if your mother's happened. dead, why don't you call her? Well, call let's your say, mother, Mike. Call let's, your mother. But let's just assume that you, let's, you don't, you're not going to call. People don't call their mother and father and live 2,500 miles away Mom, every day. I just want to make sure you're not minute. dead. Like, are you kidding? You should call your mother every day. No, no, no. I'm talking about like all day. You don't know. Oh, oh you want to know the exact moment your yeah, mother died. you can dies. check in. You know that they've actually... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So she logs on and says, I'm dying, I'm dying. Oh, like, man. Are you, like, you know, Mike, horrifically bad, really bad, really bad. <laughs> I tried. My favorite clip of all time in the history of the show. I think that's another uh, candle on my yes. figurative cake today. Sorry, Mikey D. DJ Mikey D.
D is in. As in D's nuts. <laughs> what a way Thank for me to welcome my son to the program. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. All right, uh, TJ Jefferson, yes. uh, my eldest, has been uh, wanting to chat with you because he has uh, been all over TikTok. Mm-hmm. He, he loves it. He's uh, into it. And he thinks we should be as well. And I figured what better day than today mm-hmm. for him to dial into the program. Are you ready to talk to a 12-year-old soon-to-be bar mitzvah boy about TikTok? Let's do this. Are you there, bud? Are you there? Thank you. Yeah. Great job. That's wonderful. Good job. I love the countdown, too. I wonder who that was. I was my mom. <laughs> you mean <laughs> you're a mom. I, yes. think, I think I'm familiar with her. How are you, bud? Good. How are you, dad? I'm hanging in there. I'm almost two hours through the show. X-Man, what's happening, There's bud? Brockman. Nothing. What's up, Zan? So should I just say why you guys should get TikTok? Well, here's the, yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, um, yes, Xander, um, I know that you think we should get TikTok. Do you want to have the floor on the subject? Sure. Like, why Why does the Rich Eisen Show need a TikTok page? Um, the first thing is that it will expand your platform because a lot of younger people watch TikTok and mm-hmm. people might get interested in your videos, especially those funny parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you could have, like, lives every morning so people who don't have a tv but they might have a phone um like maybe while they're on the way to work they can watch on tiktok um the live and more kids will use it so um okay that's why and then Mm -hmm. the other thing is um it will actually more get more people to watch the show too okay because they might want to be like they might want to watch it on there and that's why I think you actually get TikTok. Okay. okay. So TJ, did you did you were you taking notes over there, TJ? My man was giving me some advice. Dan, he was taking notes. <laughs> you know, I listened to the kids. Okay. So uh, do we have a page already? Do we, we we do have a page already. So Zan, what type of videos do you think would work on TikTok? I think you guys should take clips of your show. Okay. And do like some parts where you're calling with people who are known in the sports world or people who are known in and like actors. Okay. Uh, maybe some like eyes and extras. Okay. Uh, I know you've done that before. Um, <laughs> yes. Like what you do on YouTube is like one minute parts of it, and you could do like part twos of one, and yeah. See now, here's my concern, Zan, and let me let me give you my concern um, about this is. Um, are you saying this because you want the Rich Eisen Show page to have a TikTok? Because you want to say to me when I tell you to get off TikTok that the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show page is up on TikTok. Why can't I watch TikTok? Are you going to use this? I might. I might. I don't know. Because <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, have you not employed the same strategic strategy when it comes to YouTube? Sam? Oh, yes, I have done that before. I have. <laughs> hmm. You see, I'm trying to... Yeah, smart kid. That's what I'm <laughs> saying here. Okay. What about, should I do dance videos on TikTok? Maybe. And you can do it with us, I guess. I mean, you can do, like, take dancing with, like, your family, but then sometimes it could be with, like, Chris Brockman and my go-to phone, TJ. Okay. 
So all four of us doing a dance video, you yeah, think would... Yeah, like it, it would get a lot of views. I think that, that would give, bring, more, um, bring more publicity to your show. And it's kind of like, I guess you could say woke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. TJ, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, look, he, he makes a compelling argument. Okay. Now, X-Men, here's, here's the only thing. In order for us to make these videos, right? Uh-oh. The, the problem is we would have to spend some time either pre-show or post-show to make these videos. These videos you got to put a lot of time into, right? Well, well, sometimes people just film it and keep hitting next, 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 and then put a caption of LOL and keep going, and you get, like, tons of views. Yeah. Okay. What's so, wrong with that, TJ? So, hold on a second. Easy. Wait a it's second. He's saying, hold on a second. Dad, this, Dad needs to jump in here. Are you telling my son that my work ethic is in question here? Are you you're literally telling I, I, my son in front of me? I, I don't. I don't think that's. That my, but, that, that, I, 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 want, I might not put in the time. I said it all. What I'm telling your son, I'm just oh. explaining to him. Well, actually, not even explaining. <laughs> I'm asking him because he seems to have a firm grip on it. Like he, so he understands that this is a process. So I, we would need to spend extra time. How much time do you think Zan would it take to put together a TikTok video that would get lots of clicks and bring a, a, a youthful audience to the Rich Eisen Four? show? What you could do is just like what you do with YouTube, where you take clips yeah. from your show yeah. and just upload it onto TikTok and then hit and then say, like, if there's more to it, you could say, like, part one of Blah Blah Blah's interview. Yeah. And you could do, or for like a, for like a funny TikTok, like a dance TikTok, I guess you could say, um, you could take, it takes 15 seconds to film one. Okay, that's um, it. That's and it it's really easy to edit. Like, if you're doing like one of those edit ones where like you change into different positions, it's quick and easy to make edits like that. Yeah. I've done it before. Okay. See, if he's done it, TJ, he's 12. Zan, here's the deal, though, right? I've got a great idea. I've got a tremendous idea. No, do not. No, 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 do not. Do not put it on him. Well, look, we could use an intern. We could use. You are a TikTok advocate. It's a work thing now. I see Brockman rolling his eyes, but he won't take the time to do this. I believe, Zan, as a TikTok advocate, maybe you can make a few kind of show us the way, and then we could take the baton like it was a relay race and figure this thing out. I would love to, actually. You would, you would love to. There you go. X-Man, don't let him pass He's the buck on, on to you. What's the Maybe phrase? sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, like, for, like, fun ones. Or, like, something, like, maybe, like, once in a while, I'll text on to my dad and he could upload it. There you go. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, Zan. And that way, like what? I said, like a relay race, you get it going, we can fully understand. What's the phrase? What's, what's the phrase? That, on? What's the phrase wow. that Bill Belichick tells the Patriots? Do your what? What's the word? <laughs> Do your job. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. TJ. Yeah. <laughs> Do your job, TJ. Uh, in a, yeah, we'll just pile that on onto the <laughs> other... Twenty-two Zan. hours of work that I do. Oh, right. Yeah. All right, Zan, I, I love you, bud. Bye, Daddy. I love you. <laughs> love you too, Zan. Right, we'll see you soon. And I, I took notes, and uh, we're going to figure this out for you, bro. That's great. Bye. There you go, hey, ladies and gentlemen. everybody. Do your job. I mean, as a TikTok advocate, he he made some compelling points. Why are you crying? At, like, I'm trying to get my son off the screen. 
And you're just like saying, hey, how do you want to edit uncle, stuff? You don't want to. Rich, that's what wanna... uncles do. Like when I go to my my <laughs> friend's house and have you kids. the back Chris into Brotman's a situation gonna, where they're worse off. Brotman's the parents gonna, are worse Brotman's off. going to learn this. I'm going to come over. I'm going to get Cage all riled up. I'm going to feed him sugar. I'm going to get him hopped up. And then I'm going to go, all right, it's seven. Good luck putting him <laughs> to bed. Peace. I'm going home. You ain't <laughs> ever coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how it works. No this is what Godpapa does. No wonder Mila's is selling you there, Hoopty. It's not a Hoopty, bro. <laughs> but uh so here's yeah. the front page of the first TikTok, yeah, is that I what mean, I'm told? Just so you know, there, there's, uh, there's one been made. Okay. You know, you guys are getting on me. I made one right. a while ago. All right. We have two followers. Who are they? I don't even know. It's, one of, it's at the Rich Eisen well, Show. Like, yeah. We're not the Rich Eisen I know. Show and on when, anything. And when I made it, I put in an error, but TikTok doesn't allow you to change the name right away. You have to wait X amount of days. So okay. after okay. X amount of days, I'm going to take the, the, the out. Like the social network. Just do Facebook. Yeah. It's clear. Facebook. Not the Facebook. So that's okay. a, that's so a we, TikTok. We, see, we already put some TikToks up there. Yeah, and I, you know, I spent about, I don't know, an hour and a half just putting those three videos up oh. there. Just it's, it's not just, first of all, you have one minute. You got one minute clips. Yeah. That's it. Right. Why do you hate TikTok so he much? Does. I don't hate TikTok so much. Yeah, oh, it sounds like you do. <laughs> well, here's the, are we, are we, is this going to be real time? or The real time is I spend a lot of time He's... doing Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And now it's like, all right, now add TikTok on top of this. You know, the world's <laughs> opening up again. There's TJ might like to get out and so maybe much. like see some people There's instead only... of sitting on my phone you could go for to like eight tonight. hours a day. There's like... only so much blood in the stone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm so tonight. glad my son's not hearing this. Oh my God. I mean, you know, oh I get I'm the social media <laughs> grand maester, but at some point I might want to go out and see a, a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the every single weekend. He has been showing out. I mean, Josh that's Norman. Chad Johnson. Josh Norman. Oh, so is that Josh, Josh Norman? Josh Norman. I couldn't hear. Yeah, yeah, Josh Norman. Okay. He's been improving. But like I said, the page is there. There's videos on there. Wait, I mean, you want a medal? You want a cookie? Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, let me handle oh, this. Let okay. me handle this. I mean, that, please. Let me handle yeah, please. this. Let me handle this. Yeah, please. Let me handle this. Because I'll get ugly Come on, with TJ it. does a lot. TJ does a lot. <laughs> Can and you dig it? We're now adding something that adolescents normally do, but, you know. I think he made a compelling argument. I mean, like I said, I, I took some notes and um, <laughs> review. At the Rich Eisen Show, follow us right now. TikTok reluctance is over. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot. This is my favorite meme of all time. You see the first video there. It's uh, Tom Brady. Who's there it is. On. I like it. Look, look at you. Thank you, by the way. Thank yeah. you. All right. The latest mystery guest in John Smoltz, hey. hour three, coming up. And I, you know, I, I hate to do this now, but you know, we're we've got a lot going on over the next, the last uh, uh, hour of the show. But we did touch upon yesterday whether you're East Coast or Eastern Time Zone or back East, yeah. and we posted the video, <laughs> and and then I retweeted it by saying it was some tough love of me being from New York City, which I'm from. I mean, so even though I say Jason Island is is New York adjacent, it's part of just five boroughs incorporating New York City, and one of them is Staten Island. Look, I won't disrespect then, Wu Tang Clan, so I'll agree. Exactly, with Method Man. <laughs> Method never Man disrespect the Wu. Stared bong, at Brockman when he even he asked Method Man if he's if Staten Island's part of New York. He was not happy. Okay, he was not happy. Okay. And he wasn't going to bring it up. I made him do it in front of Method Man when Method Man was in studio. As you should have. The Staten Island Streetwise Troubadours, who are, as Artie from Larry Sanders' show, referred to Wu-Tang Clan on that program. 
Anyway, long story short is we brought that up, and I thought I said it was t- some tough love. And that video was posted at Rich Eisen Show. You know who chimed in on the subject matter? Holler at your boy. There it is. <laughs> your boy Ashton. Tweeting it out. Okay, at 2 Jiggy, let's be clear. You are from the Rust Belt. (laughs) You are down with Biggie, so you rep the East, but you live in the New West. I think this is a very savvy, nuanced take that ultimately, when boiled down, backs our play. Absolutely. That Altoona is not an East Coast town. East Coast adjacent. It is Rust Belt. You're from the Rust Belt. You have a problem with that? I mean, look, if I if I got to represent the people of the Rust Belt, if they need a champion, if they need a warrior, a hero, then yeah. I, will, I will be that man. I will represent. So then you won't ever chafe at the sense that we believe you're not an East Coaster. Oh, no, I'm always going to chafe at that. Like, always. <laughs> because you're a Met fan? You know. Look, I'm not just going to change just because you three jabronis don't agree with you me. You root for two East Coast teams. The Mets and the Sixers are two East Coast teams. Well, okay. You know? So that's well, true. I mean, there's no debate in that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yes, I, but Altoona is yeah. a Rust Belt town, exactly. which I think is a wonderful way to describe it. Yeah. Living out here in the New West, you could say, I'm from, where are you from? I'm from out East. Also, I'd like to thank Kutcher for FaceTiming me at 537 in the morning to <laughs> give me, share his thoughts with me. That is insane. That. <laughs> oh, boy, the meme that keeps on getting. <laughs> Over Hour eight. three coming up on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 